1991, I was the recipient of the ever so loving nickname, Tina Talk A Lot. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal though, I actually really love to listen too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. Hello, hello, everybody. Today is Tuesday, and that means that we have a guest on the show. And this guest happens to be one that I have known for a very long time, actually, as I think back on like all the people that have been on the show. Uh, Angie may have been one of the longest besides my husband and maybe my child, (laughs) but that's about it. Uh, And Angie Weber is on the show with us today. We started our journey. Angie, how long has it been? For 12 years. 12 years. Oh my gosh. So Almost. Great. So Angie and I met in a bar. <laughs> it was first. the toughest interview I've ever had. Yep. Yep. So Angie and I uh, ran Tenacious, my marketing company together for a lot of years, seven, eight years, which seems just kind of crazy now to think back to that, how long it's been as time hop hits into my uh, phone. I'll look back and I'll be like, wait, that was only six years ago. And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, that was six years ago. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just seems kind of crazy. Uh, a lifetime it actually feels like a lifetime ago at times. So throughout that journey, I have uh, nudged Angie. I nudged her almost immediately when I started doing DoTerra because I knew that she would be great at this as well. And I don't think either one of us knew what we were getting into <laughs> when we said <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely we did not. And so here, how many years later, we're, we're rocking this doTERRA business together. So lots has happened in between there. Angie, you have so many uh, different things that have gone in your business world, but I'd love for you to just share your journey a little bit. Yeah. So it started out at Tenacious, um, fresh, mostly out of college and, uh, got connected with you through a mutual friend and started diving into the small business world, which I had no idea what I was getting into, especially when you had me go to my first networking event, which was awful. And I remember I was like by your side the whole time we finished it up and I was like, Oh my gosh, thank goodness. That's over. I'm never doing that again. And then you came to me a couple of days later and you're like, great, I want you to do that every week. And I was horrified. Um, but soon enough, I started loving it. And I really love seeing like the, the behind the scenes, the good, the bad, the ugly of small business owning and all the things that went into it. So of course my confidence grew a lot in that. And I really started to take ownership over um, Tenacious as well. A lot of people that I would meet were like, how long have you owned the company? And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I don't own it, nor do I ever want to own a business. It seems way too stressful. And so I really proclaim myself as an intrapreneur. um, And that is just someone who acts as an entrepreneur, but is kind of like the right hand person and takes the business on kind of as if it were their own without all the um, lawyers and legal and taxes and all that kind of stuff. So um, (laughs) 
yeah so that's how we started out um and uh, it was yeah a crazy ride and moving offices and growing the team and things like that and then the one day I remember I texted you because I'd went to a meeting and I um said oh my gosh the entrepreneurial bug bits like I need to open up something and so we collaborated on that and hello life came to be which was our makeup line for a little while um and I really just kind of dove into that, which looking back at that now, I'm like, maybe I should have like prepared a little bit more for that. But I think <laughs> once you have an idea, sometimes it's best just to dive in because if you wait too long, you're going to look back on it and think like, wait a minute, what would have happened if I would have started that? Or what would have happened if I would have taken that risk? And so it was just kind of like an easy yes. Now at that time too, I had about one-year-old twins, um, was working at the marketing company. We were trying to build up this brand for Hello Life. And so my plate was really full. Um, and then you started talking to me about oils. <laughs> and so- <laughs> Why not um, add another thing, right? <laughs> why not? It was the common theme. Um, but I had used oils, a different brand when I was in labor with my kids. So I knew that they worked really, really well. But the thing that I was lacking at that time was a lot of support and education. And so I used up the oils that we had. And then, yeah, when the kids were about one, you were like, Hey, I'm starting to use this doTERRA brand. Are you interested in trying any? And I was like, well, yeah, I do want my kids to be a little bit more proactive with their health because we live in a very reactive society where it's, oh, you have something wrong with you. Let's take care of it now versus like, why don't we take care of our bodies ahead of time so that we can prevent that type of thing. And so I never intended really to do it as a business. I just wanted to support you and order some oils and get some good stuff in our house. Um, but then when I had all those other things on my plate, I thought a good idea idea to become a hobby would be to go teach oil classes because that meant that my husband had to stay at home with the kids and I got to go hang out with adults and do something and talk about something that I really loved. It was kind of like a little escape. Um, and then of course the story as it goes about a year after that, I ended up doing that full time. Um, let go of my position at Tenacious um, about a year or so after that, let go of Hello Life and uh, have been doing oils full time ever since. I think back to a couple of things you said is when you like, maybe we should have thought about a few things before jumping into Hello Life. I mean, I could say like, amen after that, for sure on all businesses that I've started, but you're accurate in like the fact that being naive sometimes is the best thing because if you weren't like, if you knew all the things that came attached to it, you may never, ever do it. And so yes, did we learn tons of lessons for sure along the journey, but I wouldn't give I won't change anything about the ways that businesses were started or, or what we've done because we learn from it and we've grown. Absolutely. Immensely. Like I look back at, you know, even purchasing the hair salon and think, oh my gosh, such a horrible financial like <laughs> And what's so funny is I don't think I've ever shared this before besides me and Preston, but you have to start, you know, like a doing business as, you know, like LLC, S Corp, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the name... <laughs> This is like, it's so embarrassing to actually say out loud. I can't the wait. Of this LLC was Pettis Family Abundance, PFA. I mean, we never told anyone what PFA standed for or stood for. But um, yeah, it, it was not That's like, amazing. did not matter in that. <laughs> it's just like, that did not create any abundance. Maybe abundance of debt. Maybe I should have 
financial or money abundance, like, right. <laughs> oh, so crazy. And, you know, so yeah, there are definitely things I look back and think how much better we could have ran the marketing company together, how much better we could have now, now what I know now I look back and I'm like, Oh, we would have done this. We would have done that. I don't ever want to go back um, to some of those times, but I do know, like you just keep learning and you keep growing and making different decisions. So I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. You probably meet so many people too that are like, oh yeah, I always wanted to do that, but I never did. And so like starting the makeup line and doing doTERRA and things like that, I'm like, well, why not say yes and see where it goes versus again, looking back years later. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I would have done that, or I would have done that, or it would have really went into that passion. Like you need to try it and do it to see what happens versus having regrets about not doing anything at all and playing it safe the whole time. Absolutely. I think about something else too, that you said, right. You know, the idea of getting out of the house in the evenings to do something you enjoy, like teaching oil classes. Like when I'd heard people say things like that before, I'd be like, you're lying. Like you'd be at a class and people would be like, Oh, I just wanted an extra thing to do. And I'm like, why would anyone want an extra thing to do? Well, just (laughs) actually today I was listening to a podcast and the woman said that self-care is anything that makes you feel like yourself. I was like, I'd never heard that said like that before, because oftentimes we think of like self-care needing to be like a bubble bath or a spa day or, you know, quiet time reading or whatever. Well, to be honest, a lot of those things don't make me feel like myself. (laughs) Like a spa day is so unnatural for me as much as I enjoy like being pampered here or there. Like I wouldn't want that to be a regular thing. Self-care for me is is getting in and connecting with people like quality time. Like I have Mm -hmm. Bible study on Wednesday nights that's self-care to me because I get to connect with my girlfriends. I get to talk about Jesus. I get to do the things. And then next is I absolutely love, like you said, being able to teach classes and being able to connect with people and educate and just like help them move to like a higher level of themselves. Even if that's just like self, you know, their own self-care, right? Like figuring those things out are so huge. So I'm sure too, that's a lot how you felt when you're like, you know, run into different, you know, businesses and helping teach classes and just like empowering people to be a better version of themselves. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and now just recently you've been on kind of a new journey within doTERRA that I've noticed. And I'm sure a lot of people around you have noticed as well that your confidence level in your business and yourself has really just jumped up. And that change has been really around you map, like jumping into what you have mastered yourself is marketing. Uh, You have figured out really merging all of your skills that we once used (laughs) at Tenacious in marketing and using them on yourself, which coming from a, you know, fellow marketer, sometimes that's the hardest thing, right? We can do it for everybody else and we can give everybody else advice. And then when it comes Mm -hmm. to us, it's really, really hard. And so I believe as looking at your social media and you guys, I will put links to Angie's uh, website and and Instagram and all of that for you to see how this has played out. But I would love for you to share, how did you get to this point? And, you know, what are you currently doing just to share with the audience on where that and how that happened? Yeah. So when doing doTERRA full-time at the beginning, you know, of course I was like, oh my gosh, everyone needs these oils and like everyone can benefit from them. And it's really easy to get lost in a sea of other people who are doing similar things. Um, and it's kind of, which is ironic because when I was at Tenacious, I used to do classes all the time and speaking engagements about finding your perfect client and not being afraid of like narrowing down and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's harder to do that sometimes. Um, even though you 
preach to other people to do it. So um, a couple of years ago, I went through some personal stuff that kind of led me on a whole new healing journey. Um, it took a lot of time and really building up my confidence within me again, um, because I was doing some things that I thought would kind of get me back to where I needed to be. But I realized that at some point it wasn't enough. And I really had to go through like an intense program to really help me figure out how to better manage my moods and emotion and my mental health and things like that. And so it was kind of scary because it was again, like that self-care stuff, but it was really intense. And it was a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of money. And, um, I think as a lot of us women, we have a lot of guilt when it comes around that. So I ended up going through this program and it helped me tremendously. And meanwhile, you know, after all of us going through a pandemic, I saw that my kids really needed some more emotional support as well, because they're tiny little humans and us adults didn't know how to do a lot of stuff during the pandemic or where to go. And we just expected our kids to kind of follow suit. And that's not realistic. So I started using all say like, oh, kids are resilient. You're like, well, like they go through so much too. And you're so right. Like here I am 41 years into life and I'm still figuring out steps to help me regulate my own emotions and, you know, not go to handle, like just got back from vacation with my kids. And I had to remind myself on a regular basis, like they don't know all of these things. Like they don't know how to walk through all, all this little stuff. Or like, I caught myself, you know, like, Oh, you know, you don't have to be afraid of this. It's like, well, why, why can't they be afraid of this? Or, or scared or whatever, like let them feel that, you know? And for example, this is just kind of a tangent a bit, but we went to a water park and we're walking up the stairs and I am so afraid of heights. My husband was got this horrible, crazy rash while we were at right before this water park. He couldn't go on any rides. He found potentially that the reason he got this rash was chlorine. So yay that we had like this day at the water park planned already and paid for, right? Anyway, so I got to be dad for the day. Usually I get to like hang out solo and go on a ride here, there, thing there. Nope, I had to do all the things. So we're going up, you know, the water slide stairs, which I'm so deathly afraid of. My anxiety is like through the roof because I'm so afraid of heights. And of course it's the stairs that are like empty, you know, like those ones are the freakiest because you can see everything anyways. So I'm walking up these stairs and I'm, you know, sharing with the kids like, Hey guys, I'm actually pretty anxious, you know, like uh, telling them a little bit so they can stop talking about how high we are and all the things. (laughs) And all of a sudden my youngest is Tenley. She's like starting to talk about her being scared. And so I'm like, well, let's talk about this fear, you know, and, and walking her through it a little bit and like how she's going to feel, you know, when she's actually on the slide and all that. And all of a sudden her tears just like well up and she starts crying and the other two want to like punish her basically for this feeling. And I said to her, you know, I wanted so badly to talk her into going on this water slide still. And I'm like, this isn't going to be the best thing for her. It's just not, even though we're already at the very top, we waited this whole time. You either have to do two riders or four riders. So that means I'm going to have to walk down, which I wasn't super mad about. Um, But so she's like, I don't want to go on this. And instead of like talking her into doing it, I was like, okay let's walk on down. And we did, we just walked on down and it was totally fine. And I was like, you don't have to have any guilt. She's like, mom, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I was like, 10, you're 10, 10 Lee, you're 10. This is not a once in a lifetime opportunity. You will be back at a water park and you could even come back to this one someday. Anyways, I go off on this tangent because old version of me before going through some of the same stuff, Angie, that you've gone through with like emotions and stuff is I would have wanted so badly to force her to fight through that emotion, not even have that 
and let's go down the slide. Right. So I know that was a complete tangent, but it just made me think of it completely when you're like, yes, kids have these high emotions too. They don't know how to manage them. And we need to work on being equipped so that we can help them. Right. Walk through it. And I know that's a huge, huge part of your journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a perfect example because again, even as you know, I'm 34 and just figuring out like what it means when I'm starting to get really anxious and starting to tune into my body. But again, I think what happens is that this, there's this generational cycle that happens where we get handed down these teachings from our parents who got them from their parents. And they may have been told, you know, don't be scared of this. Why are you making such a big deal out of this? You know, cause in our adult mind, we can think logically like, okay, well, you didn't get, you know, the cup that you wanted, for example, like that is not a big deal in the scheme of life, but to a small child, like that's their life. That's what they're thinking. So instead of telling them that they're feeling the wrong emotion or they shouldn't be feeling a certain way, or they shouldn't be reacting a certain way. Um, you know, that's not helping them really understand how to process these feelings. And so when I started teaching the kids, some of these resources, so for example, what ended up happening is my kids came home one day from school. My daughter was not happy that I wouldn't let her get a treat or something because I had asked her, you know, will you go let, let the dogs in and then we can find you something healthy to eat. And she goes, no, I don't want to let them in. I said, well, that's your choice because kids want choices too. I said, but the consequences that I'm not going to stop what I'm doing right now to go find a treat for you or a snack or whatever. And she did not take that well. Um, because to her again, that was a really big deal to me. I was super stressed out. Cause I was like, I'm trying to get work done. So it's really easy to kind of put our beliefs and emotions on our kids and tell them how they should respond to stuff when we don't even practice that ourselves. And so uh, I had called my husband. I was like, Oh my gosh, we have an issue right now. So of course I know, and this probably happens with you guys too. If I'm getting really stressed about the kids it immediately triggers something in him and he all of a sudden starts getting really stressed. So I knew on the way home, he was like building himself up to be like, Oh, I'm going to have to get home. I'm going to have to, you know, have a talk with them, you know, thinking that he was like going to come in and save the day. Cause I think he thought like world war three was going on. Um, but it was not, I should really need to stop saying that with the way of the world right now. Sorry. Um, so he came in though, and we were all sitting around the table very quietly. And what I did is I printed out sheets with different emotions on it. And we all took turns going around the table, figuring out when we're feeling this way, because we all feel this way and it's okay to have these emotions. What can we do to calm our body and mind? And so it was, you know, Oh, if I'm angry, I can take a walk around the house or I can uh, listen to happy music, or I can do a breathing exercise, or I can do this or that. And so then we had these lists of resources that when my kids were feeling these ways and we put it up in our pantry, they could go over to that and say, okay, I'm really angry right now. And what is a better way to help express these emotions? And so we started using that a lot in our house and talking about emotions. And like, you know, my daughter will tell me like, yes, sometimes I get mad at you, mom. And I say, I understand that's okay that you're mad at me sometimes. Like it happens. Um, and so I started seeing these really amazing results with how they were handling their emotions and the way they were expressing them and helping process them. And I realized like, if we teach our kids at a younger age, how to do this stuff. And then of course, pairing it with oils, because there's an oil on like 
every inch of our house, pretty much, we can really help create these better habits with these healthy resources. So later on when they're older or in um, adolescence or adulthood, and they're dealt with challenges and rejection and traumas and things like that, they already have a bunch of these tools in their box that they can use versus going to survival resources and trying to stuff it down because they don't understand how this uncomfortable feeling is supposed to go and possibly go, yeah, to those more numbing resources. So I started doing a class on it just because I thought this information was just really important for parents to know. And I was getting a lot of great feedback from it. And people were saying, wow, I never knew about this before, or I wish they would have taught this to me when I was younger. And of course, the one comment that was made that, you know, kind of breaks your heart as a mom too, because we try our best to just provide for our children and to have them be happy and healthy and thrive. It was, wow, I wish that I would have done this kind of stuff with my kids when they were younger because I think if you ask them now, they probably thought all I did was yell at them. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the creation of the parent toolbox. So I've taken the, the tools that I've learned to help manage my emotions and moods and mental health and tied them in with these natural products, which is such an important con- like a component to it so that we can reduce toxins. We can use essential oils with aromatic anchoring and things like that to help us better regulate our emotions and get back into our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay. So you said something, um, survival resources. I like love that term. I've never heard that before. So at first I had written down coping, which that would be probably similar, right? Response to that. So like, what are you, you know, using, uh, to cope? And I think something that's often talked about, um, is, and joked about and something I've even joked about, which I I regret of now is turning to alcohol. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that definitely was my coping. I realized though, when I gave up alcohol, that I then moved that coping mechanism over to my phone. Mm -hmm. And so then it became the scroll and I I'd go down that scroll hole forever. And so then I'm like, when you just said that, I'm like, Oh, what's, what are kids using as they're coping, right? So this is so brilliant. I love just how simple it is to even, Hey, here's the sheet. The kids even get like their own, you know, different idea. Like they can come up with their own ideas, right? How do I feel when I, um, I think about it, my kids are probably, you know, more subconsciously doing some of the things, some are healthy, some are not right. Um, and so if they could even write it down and have a little bit of a reminder. Um, my kids have always found like their, <laughs> this is really sad. My oldest two, uh, their thing is get out of the room that, you know, they were in and their closet is like their, their place to go like door gets shut and they're by themselves. And I don't know if it's healthy or not, but uh, I think now I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have had like the little sheet printed up and put in the closet because then they could have read it. Right. And, and seen some of those things. I love that. Now, yelling too much. (laughs) Definitely something that I know, you know, I've, I've struggled with where you're frustrated, right. And you gave the best example, you're doing something that you want to do. And now they want something and now you're multitasking. Right. And so we're trying now, I know you're not claiming to be like the parenting expert. You're, you know, really, you know, the idea and concept around what you're doing is having a toolbox, even for those parenting experts to be able to share and showcase right to their, to their clients. But when you're in the mood of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I want to yell 
at you right now. Like walk me through a little bit of that. Like, what does that look like in your house? Cause I think that's like probably every mom's like, wait, what does she do? Like, what's her thing? Yeah. So, you know, it's a work in progress too. And I definitely don't say that I'm a perfect parent. My kids will tell you that I'm not a perfect parent. So I don't claim to be one. They have stories, I'm sure. Um, And so it's kind of just always making sure that you're trying to be better at it. And one of the biggest things and tools that I use is figuring out where my window of tolerance is. And so that was a concept created by Dan Siegel. He's a clinical professor. And this is really the way to track like our stimulation. And I, again, didn't understand that this is what was happening within my body. So when you're in your sweet spot or your window of activation, that's really where we're thriving. And you're able to communicate really clearly and we're able to receive and give and all that kind of stuff. But we can start going into hyper arousal or high activation as I call it. And that can be kind of our flight or fight mode. And so when you start tuning into your body and you start tuning into, okay, where's this showing like up in my body sensations? Where's this showing up in my thoughts? How are my five senses? Are some of them heightened right now? Are some of them lowered right now? So you start kind of just like really paying attention to when I'm getting into that, like stressed out anxiousness, like, wait a minute, I have to finish this stuff. Like, why are you talking to me right now? Like, you know, kind of thing. Like, can't you see that I'm working? But again, to them, they're, are there, where are their caregivers? Like that, that's all they know. And so being able to start tuning in and also being able to start realizing those cues, um, more quickly has been really helpful for me to take a pause. So instead of reacting right away, I kind of pause, tune into my body like, okay, I can, I can feel my stomach getting really anxious right now. And I can feel my thoughts like starting to kind of become like hyper, you know, and I just have way too many that are going through my brain right now. So instead of just reacting and saying like, you know, leave me alone, I have stuff to do. I can kind of pause for a second and figure out what is my next step. And then I can say, I understand that you need my attention right now. I need to finish this and then I will help you. So being able to give them kind of that recognition of like, I understand you have a need that you have right now and I'm going to help you with that while also putting up those boundaries with them too, to make them know, like we have to be patient. Sometimes we can't always do what we want right away. And so I think that's been the biggest thing of me avoiding the yelling um, or trying to is being able to kind of figure out when I'm starting to get closer to that high act activation where then maybe I need to resource and maybe I need to say, mom's getting really frustrated right now. And I need a mommy minute. Cause I will tell my kids all the time that like, I need to step away so that I can regulate a little bit more. And you know what, sometimes it still happens and I lose it sometimes. And then, you know, the mom guilt comes in of like, wow, I shouldn't have said that. Or why did I react that way? And then it's the process of going back to them and saying, I know that mom got really frustrated. I'm sorry. And next time, this is what I want to do moving forward. And so really showing them too, like parents make mistakes as well, and we can try readjust it and move forward in a different way. This is so good. Now I know like right before we hit record, we're like, let's focus on the business aspect (laughs) of this. And then now here I am like down this rabbit hole of like wanting to like pick your brain on all this kid stuff, because I do think as a mom and especially a working mom, you often fall into this. And I love so many of the things that you said and writing them down, just like recognize that they have a need, like so easy to just be like, Hey, see that you need me. I'll be out in five minutes or whatever it is, rather than like getting that little tap, you know, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times my kids have interrupted a podcast while I'm recording. I'm like, you guys, there's a sign mm-hmm. on the door. The door's shut. I'm talking. It's very clear. I'm talking to someone. Anyways, 
And so I know that it's just me having to like pause a little bit. I love that. I love that. So back a little bit to the transition of being in, and I think this is really common in network marketing as a whole. Now, just as a disclaimer, I could go down the rabbit hole even more on all the kids stuff for sure. So Angie has tons of stuff, been on tons of podcasts, tons of content on her site, on her social media and stuff. So you guys will definitely want to tune into that. But if we were going to go back and, you know, pre, well, what I was saying is network marketing, right? It's really easy. You're part of a company. This is how the top leaders do this. or the people that are most recognized or the people that have the most influence online. This is how they're doing it. And we should probably fall in suit, right? Well, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for you. It wasn't something that felt like, um, it didn't come with ease, right? Um, I'm not a DIY gal. Like if I'm going to make a spray bottle of cleaner, that's about as far as I'm going to get, right? So me trying to step into being that DIY person just doesn't make sense. So like you said, kind of being lost in like the sea of, of other people in network marketing in general, but then specifically doTERRA, right? So I see that your confidence level went up like tenfold as you stepped into this parenting, um, you know, parenting toolbox and this whole niche on, Hey, I'm going to help parents. And that's what, where I'm best at right now, because I feel like I've created and found some tools for myself that have worked. I can teach them to other people. Mm -hmm. And so my point of kind of breaking all this down is we're not alone, right? There are leaders that we have in our own organizations, you know, people that are listening to this and people are telling me all the time, like, Hey, you're in my ears all the time that they're thinking like, how would I do that? Like, I'm not an expert. And I'm sure you've probably felt that a little bit too, right? Like I'm not the parenting expert, but I have some tools. Like I hopefully didn't take all the words out of your mouth on this, but like, where have you, you know, I guess, where have you went with that? And how did that help you in the niching down aspect, social media, your marketing, all the things? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I used to do a lot of different classes because I can sit and talk to someone about oils all the time, but again, you get lost in that sea and you get in this mindset of like, well, I, yeah, I can help you, but I can also help them. So don't think that I can't help you because then, you know, this person's going to think that I can't help them. And you just get in this like cycle of thinking I need to help everybody. But I, again, I used to teach all the time. Like if you try help everyone, you're, it's not possible. And plus you don't want to work with everyone. There's 7 billion people in this planet. Like i don't get along with most, you know, or some of them. I don't want to say most of them. Um, so it's really having that confidence of understanding, like when you stay in your lane, you're going to be able to help more people who are going to be attracted to you. But for a long time, I was doing classes all over. I was doing classes about business, um, mood and focus. I was doing classes about hormones. I was doing just basic essential oil classes. And I still love doing that kind of stuff. But once I started really focusing on the kids and using what I knew and getting responses like, wow, this was so helpful, or I wish this was taught sooner, things like, like that lights my soul on fire. Like when I get onto podcasts and I will be honest, I get nervous sometimes before I get on them. I did yesterday too, when I did an interview and I think like, well, are they really going to think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. Are they really going to believe that I know what I'm talking about? And I think sometimes when we're so ingrained in it too, we can lack a lot 
lot of self-confidence because we think it just comes a second nature. Same thing happened in the marketing where I'd be like, well, what do you mean? You really want to talk about like how to do your profile picture and cover photo to make sure that your branding is consistent across. Like this is so second nature to us, but a lot of other people it's not. And so once I started really, yeah, niching down and just totally focusing on that, I understand some people are going to be like, oh, I don't have kids. Like she's not my person. That's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be able to do a bigger purpose with niching down now than I was trying to kind of cast that wide net across everything. Yeah. I love that. I know something that I've found and I've talked about in the podcast quite a bit is now when I I see a reel or I see a post, it's so much easier for me to know this is exactly how I could replicate this for my own niche. So I'm not Mm -hmm. taking an exact idea you know, and, and running with that exact idea. It's like, oh, they did this for their niche. I could easily do that for my own. And it's so much easier rather than thinking, like you said, you know, I can teach a class on hormones and I can teach a class on kids. I can teach a class on business. I can all these things. So then what are you going to put out there as far as marketing? And I personally want to go to someone that has an expert on the issue that I currently have. Right. And so we've taught this forever to other people, but it's so fun to like both really be like dialed into like, this is who I work with the very best. And once they get behind that curtain, you know, of who, you know, our brand is out there, they'll see all the other pieces, right? Like they'll see your expertise in business and and marketing and design and all of those parts. They don't have to see that right up front, right away, right? They can see it later and behind the scenes. So I truly love that. Um, this has been super fun. So I know that you just redid your website, which congrats. You're, I'm so envious of your skills of being able to sit down and do like the technical and the design aspect. Like you are just like, you have so many different skills that I am envious of. Um, so you just redid your website. I know that you got some freebies. I know that you got some good content on there. I will put links to it, but if you want to share a little bit about that to everyone here on the show, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. So my website is the parent toolbox.info and you can go on there. There's recorded classes. So there's full length classes and there's also mini tools, which are bite-sized pieces. So they're all 15 minutes or less focused on specific topics. Some of them are essential oil basics. One is diving into the window of tolerance. Another one is about negative thinking, which are cognitive distortions that a lot of us have. Um, so, and I'm always kind of trying to add more to those that you can just jump on and listen to. Um, and I also, yeah, have some free So samples on the website. Otherwise I have those downloads for the emotional sheets that parents can print off and do as a family activity. Um, and then also on Instagram at the parent toolbox. I love it. I actually wrote down freebie question mark. I was going to ask you afterwards if you had that already, because that's so good. I love it. I love it. Even though I have older kids, I still feel like it'd be very, very helpful for them to walk through that. It'll be a good homeschool lesson. So thanks for contributing to that. that for well, us. Yeah. Especially as they're going into more like the teen years and things like that too. And there's social media on top of that and all these pressures and, you know, just different distortions of filters and all that kind of stuff. And the more, I think the sooner that you can do it with your kids, 
Um, and this is just from parents in general. I think the sooner you can do it with your kids and have more of that open conversation around emotions and things, the better off that they're going to be, because otherwise they might feel like if you've reacted to them somehow in the past, and maybe it wasn't the best reaction because it flustered you or it made you uncomfortable, they might think like, Oh, I don't want to talk to mom about that because remember how she reacted. But if you can kind of start doing it as a family and when someone is getting out of their window of tolerance, you can be like, Hey, you need to go resource. Like you want to do a breathing exercise. You can just kind of, again, make it into that second, like second nature of, Oh, this is exactly what I need to do when I'm starting to feel this way. I love it. I just need to do it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's very useful. What are my tools that I need to jump into? I love that. This has been so great, Angie. I feel like I I don't even know you after learning all of these things on parenting that you have such a knowledge on. This is so, so wonderful. So you guys, like I said, I will post all of the things um, in the show notes. So you guys can go get those downloads and follow Angie over on social media. And as always, I love to carry on the conversation even a bit more over on the gram at Tina Pettis. You can find me anywhere at Tina Pettis online. Every single week, you guys will hear from me two times. Um, One time a week, we will have a guest on the show. And one time it will be uh, just me. So we'll see you back here Thursday for the Tina Talks podcast. Bye, guys.